The injury is not just a process of recovery, it's a process of discovery. Go out and discover your body, explore it, and start to understand that your body is craving rotation. And if we keep moving the way that you're moving and your body is telling you're in pain, listen to the pain. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We're joining this episode by Gregory Stern. Gregory is the chief foot officer and owner of From the Ground Up Physiotherapy. Gregory, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. You are definitely the very first chief foot officer that we've had on the podcast. Love so it. tell us what that is and actually what you do. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a little play on words for the CFO, chief foot officer. So I'm a physical therapist or physiotherapist up in Canada, in Montreal. And I own a clinic called From the Ground Up, which is the whole essence of how our feet have such a huge impact on the rest of the body. And I came about this from my own realization or discovery through many years of chronic pain in my own feet that got me really immersed in how can I heal my own body. The chief foot officer is a title to denote a representation of my expertise with feet now and how they impact the rest of the body. Something I thought that was really interesting, you insist that your clients go barefoot. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. For hundreds of thousands of years, humans evolved barefoot and roamed the plains of the world with our bare feet. Or if we were wearing shoes, they were very much a protection. But now many people exist in our society. We assume that our feet are flawed. And unless we have these fancy new technology footwear, then we're screwed if we're not wearing them. And so many people don't ever go barefoot anymore. They're wearing shoes in their house because their doctor insists on it. They're wearing shoes wherever they go. The only time they're barefoot is maybe five days on a beach once a year. And our feet are very complicated so that our shoes don't have to be. And I want people to reconnect with the flippers that stand on the floor. That's our only piece of contact between us and the ground is our two feet. And it's crazy. Our feet actually have 26 bones on each side. So that's 52 bones. That's a quarter of the bones in our entire body are in our feet. And the other 25% are in our hands. So our hands and our feet are extremely complicated. And there's a ton of sensory information that we get from the ground in terms of hundreds of thousands of nerve endings. But when you exist inside of a hoka with three inches of cushioning, you're basically dampening that signal that you're supposed to receive. And therefore, we start to feel like our body's floating in space because we're not connected to the ground itself with our bare skin. So I guess when I'm insisting my clients go barefoot, both when I'm working with them, because our feet are strong and unless one of the biggest aspects of conventional footwear, we, we could all agree that being in a high-heeled shoe, that's a triangle, right? It's a triangle shape. Now, obviously, our fan-shaped foot does not fit in a triangle. But what most people don't realize is that your Asics, your New Balance, your Nike, your Hoka, name your favorite shoe, your feet maximally spread the way that they're designed to must taper in in some way 
to fit inside the confines of the shoe. And so what happens instead of having these wide toe box shoes that are, we should be wearing, our feet are now compressed a little bit and now compound that over years and years. And now we start to think about, oh, bunions, Morden's neuroma, foot pain, plantar fasciitis. These are all a result. It's not a, it's not a foot problem. It's a shoe problem. And so children at such a young age are wearing the wrong shoes. Basically, shoes should just be these protection pieces that have a very thin sole that are nice and wide, that are super flexible, zero arch support, which goes against everything you're going to hear from podiatrists and from shoemakers and have complete flex. Like they're just natural things that protect our feet, but don't impose on our feet. And so why am I like encouraging my clients is because I want them to connect to that idea that, oh, wow. I do have feet and they're supposed to work. And all of a sudden, when they start to feel and have me coach them through it, they're very deeply connected to these this part of their body that they might have forgotten about. For the last 16 years, I've been telling my son to go put house shoes on in the house. I should just let him run barefoot is what you're saying. I am. Okay. I apologize for <laughs> going against that because, again, think about – there's some, first of all, just obviously there's many different cultures around the world. So some people wear shoes now, and some people think it's it's a crime against humanity, right? Because like you go to different households and you're 0% allowed shoes in the house. But again, we want to just have our feet working for us. And inside the confines of an ASICS, they stop working the way that they're supposed to. Yeah, I'm going to definitely have to share this episode with him. He's going to love this because he loves to run around barefoot. So what inspired you to do this work? my own injury end of 2023 i hurt myself playing flag football 10 years ago it was an innocent ankle sprain that just never healed properly for many months after i hurt myself i was doing physical therapy i was doing osteo i was desperately searching for answers because the normal course of healing for an ankle sprain is a couple months but now we're starting to add month by month year by year. And I was still dealing with pain. Like it wasn't excruciating pain, but it was constant buzzing pain 24 seven. And like my inside of my ankle and no matter what I was doing, I wasn't finding a solution. I was working with different therapists and often the treatment that I was receiving from the different professionals I was going to, the mindset equals sight of pain equals sight of problem. Meaning, let's say I, for me, I had foot pain, but someone has back pain and that's listening to this. We often go, all right, let's take our hands and start massaging that area because we want to rub away the pain naturally. It's painful. It's irritating. It's, it stops you from doing the things you want to do. And so I was getting a lot of massage and like work on my ankle and my shin area, but it fails to recognize the interconnection of the whole body. And that's what was happening to me is that no matter how much massage you get, like the problem is that the moment you stand up, your body still is using the same old movement patterns that got you into trouble in the first place. And therefore the pain comes back. And that's kept happening to me is I was just like maybe getting a bit of relief, but nothing was sticking. Now, fast forward two and a half years after the injury, I eventually got surgery because it wasn't like nothing was working. And the surgery just compounded the problems even more. Like I woke up thinking, oh my God, I'm finally, it's all done. And that was completely the start of my journey. Because after the surgery, I developed like hip pain and back pain that hadn't been there before. And like 
I just turned 30. So I'm at 21, 22. I'm in like pain, my foot, my hip, my back. I feel like an old man at such a young age. And I res I know that's how a lot of people feel now because I, I see young people all the time. I feel older than I should feel. And so afterwards, I, I decided I need to take a deep dive and figure out what's going on because I'm not, these other professionals are not helping me out. What am I going to do? Like, I was pretty depressed at this point because I'm a young guy and I'm in pain 24 seven and just really like in a low state. And I started to look at what's other people saying about the feet in the world besides just like the physical therapy world. Cause at that time I went into physio thinking that, oh, I'm going to learn some new things. But what ended up happening is I was just learning the exact same things that I was being given as treatment and that wasn't working. So I was like, how can I help other people if this stuff is not really helping me? So I started to look at mentors and like really seeking information that was outside the box. And eventually, like I started to resonate with a couple of people that were really talking about the feet in a different way. That wasn't just this isolated manner, but like, how do I, how does my body stack on top of my foot? Like my head and my foot are connected because if my, if let's say I have my right foot and I'm weight bearing on my left side, then I'm not ideally loading over the foot that I need to load over. And so slowly but surely I made progress slowly but surely. And then eventually I started to get out of pain. I started to get more performance out of my body. Now, fast forward many years later, I go hiking barefoot. So like I couldn't stand barefoot for more than a few seconds. And now I could go on like a five mile hike barefoot. I slack line so I could walk between two trees on a tight rope and I have no more pain in my body. Occasionally I'll be stiff one day, but the freedom I feel my body is unparalleled to even prior to the injury because I've just accumulated so much knowledge from different people that are like at the top of the field. And so I've assimilated all this information. Now I pass this on to my clients. And so I have extremely profound results with people that have suffered from years of chronic pain who have claimed to have tried everything and been around the houses, I know what tried everything means now. It means get therapy where you lie on a table or you do these exercises that are very isolated, but they don't address the root cause of the problem. So yeah, that's my been my journey. And I've owned a clinic now for three and a half years in Montreal. And I've started an online business as well, like with online programs and virtual coaching to help other practitioners and other people that are seeking out better information that's just more effective. So that's it. When you mentioned that early in your journey, when you had an injury, you felt like you were moving like an old man. Yeah. What part of this is mindset and what part of this has to do with maybe freedom and movement? Because the more that you move and the more freedom you have in your body, how did that help your recovery, if at all? Yeah, it's a good question because some people just move. Yeah, like someone in a state that I was in that was like quite depressed. It's like, you say that to me, it's like, I, I can't because I'm in so much pain. But there is a flip side to it of, yes, I always ensure to my clients, like, look, I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to be your guide. I'm here to help you take ownership of your body. And I'm there to show you the right things that you need to do. The problem is if you don't have the right coach telling you how to move differently, then you are going to be stressing these areas. And look, pain is something to listen to. So if something doesn't feel right, you don't just keep pushing through it. So the mindset is certainly a big part of it, but also just like definitely coach, being coached in the right way where your biomechanics like 
the physics of how the body is loading is optimized so that the workload is distributed through the whole chain. That's what I always tell people. Like people come to me and they're like, what's my diagnosis? I do not diagnose anyone ever. I do not ever say in the last three and a half years, you have patellar tendonitis or exitis because when someone hears this word, it like triggers them. It's, it's, it sounds scary. Like, I, what is that? And go on Dr. Google or whatever it is. And I'm okay with people like looking up things online. But all I just say is you have a load management issue. Like you're, let, let's say five body parts. Let's say I have knee pain. My foot, my calf, my quad muscle, my hamstring muscle, my butt muscle. They should all do equal work. Now, remember that test when I you were lying on and I tried to push you and you couldn't hold me? Okay, so that area, let's just say for the sake of argument that it's not doing as good a job as I'd like to. And that other test, oh yeah, like your foot is quite stiff, whatever it might be. So if all these areas are only loading 5% instead of the ideal 20, 20, 20, so everything's doing their job like it's supposed to, can you see that this area is taking on more load than it should? Yes. Okay, so do you see why that area would be in pain? Yeah, okay. Now, do you see that if we change the way that your body's loading, we'll get you out of pain? Oh, that makes sense. Here's how we're going to do it. You want to get back to running. How do we get back to running? We have to scale it back into a graded exposure plan. And so you just, you paint that uh, like a treatment plan that all makes sense. It doesn't make sense to think, okay, if I get enough rubbing out of my knee, it's going to go away. I have to reactivate in some sort of way all these other areas that are not taking on enough load. And so therefore the whole everything works together and now the pain can go away as a byproduct of you moving in a more efficient manner where everything is working together. So that's like my philosophy in terms of like how I explain things to people and recognize that, yeah, mindset's important, but also movement is like my number one thing. The example that you just gave, you gave examples of the lower body. Mm -hmm. Are there any examples of like how pain can originate in upper body versus lower body just based on your back or your neck, things that we can be aware of? Yeah, great question. So take an example of someone with neck pain, right? I don't see the neck pain as just neck pain. I see it usually as a result of someone's shoulder, someone's rib cage and shoulder blades not moving efficiently. So imagine, for example, in our life, we've heard sit up straight, shoulders down and back, right? So we're always being told we should squeeze here, right? And we're told that's good posture. Now, I'm going to tell you that's not good posture. No. Okay? Yeah. So let's let me explain you why. Okay. Because we hear that all the time. Mom, dad, society. Maybe you tell your kids that. Hey, stop slouching. Keep yourself upright. Right. Squeeze everything back here. Be proud. Come on. Hold yourself. Right. Now, take your hands together right now with me. And I want you to squeeze together as hard as you can. Squeeze, squeeze. Okay, so you're going to feel some tension build up in your forearms and your hands. Okay. Now, I want you to do this for the next 12 hours, next 12 years. Your hands going to be happy with you? No. Now relax. Now, I want you to put your hands in your lower back for a second and go into great posture. Sit up straight. Hold yourself. What's happening here? So it's the same example of your hands, okay? We're in this upright posture where we're squeezing the muscles back there, right? Probably doesn't going to feel happy. Now, 10 years ago, I visited India. Now, we can look at many like East Asian, Asian countries around the world, probably African countries. And 
what position can an 80 year old sit in that culture? Deep squat, right? People like I saw 80 year olds that had no problem sitting in a deep squat position, resting and waiting. Now, when you're in a deep squat position, is your, is your back in good posture or is it rounded and relaxed? Rounded to relax. Yeah. So that is the natural resting posture of human beings for hundreds of thousands of years. We would sit around a campfire. We'd be sitting on the – we were much more of a floor-based culture. And when you're sitting on the floor, naturally your spine is going to be curved. So if I'm sitting on the floor and my back is relaxed, I should sit in a chair with my spine relaxed. I should be in this posture where I'm just letting myself be here. My shoulder is forward and my body is rounded. Like we look at a skeleton and it's like the natural curvature of the upper back is rounded. Now, I'm not saying I should have my head 16 inches in front of my body. But what I am saying is if I sigh and I let my ribs come down, this is where I should hold my body because it's not natural to squeeze and hold yourself in that position. That's an aesthetic thing that we're imposing on our body that actually creates a lot of tension in the backside of the ribcage because we're squeezing back here. So we mentioned, okay, you asked me about neck pain. Now, how does this relate to neck? Now, if I'm squeezing back here, my back will not fill with air because if I'm squeezing, I cannot fill that area because it's just like the air takes the path of least resistance. So now, Maybe I have to start breathing into my neck a lot to, in, in order to take an air because the number one goal of my nervous system is to keep me alive. And if I'm like squeezing everything and bracing my core all the time, all these funny cues that we hear in gym environments, chest ups, shoulders down and back, what we're actually doing is we're just like, we're taking our rib cage that should expand in a 360 degree manner and we're just mushing the rib cage and now we're like, how do I breathe? And so we start to, we shallow breathe and we start to go here. So when people hear like chest breathing is bad, it's not bad. Our ribs are supposed to inflate, but they're not supposed to, we're not supposed to vertically breathe, but we are supposed to have this expansion that comes in all directions. Obviously there's nuance to everything, but like when it comes to shoulder pain, like instead of always keeping our shoulders down and back, we actually need, if I was going to say, nice to meet you, I'd actually learn how to get my shoulder to come around my rib cage. So there's so many like myths that we hear that become so ingrained and so accepted as true, but we never stop to question whether those things are actually good for us, like the shoes, good posture, squeezing our shoulder blades together. So there's a lot of things that I basically have to unwind out of people's bodies and then they start getting really good results because what they've been doing is just holding tension and holding tension as if we hold tension in our lives, then we're going to ultimately eventually these tissues go, Hey, chill out, please help me stop holding me, squeezing me so much. And pain goes away pretty quickly. And then I, I want to start to educate areas that are not used to loading to load. And all of a sudden good results happen. If you had one piece of advice on how to play big faster, just with your body, your movement and pain, what would it be? Go barefoot, chill out your body, relax, start squatting more and not squatting for the purpose of exercise, but squatting for the purpose of just 
relaxing a deep squat position. There's lots of ways you can do that. You could elevate your heels, hold on to something, but start to go into more natural positions, sit on the floor more often, do more varied movements, walk more, swing things, crawl. Like my training looks super different compared to the average person that just goes to the gym and does like very rigid robotic movements. Explore this idea. I've got a quote from Conor McGregor in the back here. An injury is not just a process of recovery. It's a process of discovery. Go out and discover your body, explore it. Instead of like always moving in these very like 1D type of movements in the gym, start to understand that like your body is craving rotation. And if we keep moving the way that you're moving and your body is telling you're in pain, listen to the pain. Don't kill pain with painkillers but rather try to start to use these signals, start to question things that you've been told about the body if you're not feeling great. If someone wanted to contact you or find out more information about you, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way of contacting me is through all the social channels at Ground Up Physio. So Ground Up. So I got my logo here. So Ground Up Physio is P-H-Y-S-I-O. And yeah, they can message me through there. I, as I mentioned, I also have online programs available. And the reason I made these is because I'm, I don't think that the standard of the industry is where it needs to be. And fortunately, I have some smart mentors, but like most people are not, haven't been exposed to my mentors. So like I've distilled in their information into an easy to digest program for people. I have a foot pain program, a knee pain program, a back pain program. I'm making a shoulder pain program right now. And it's easy to do in your, the comfort of your own home. You don't need any fancy equipment. And the whole idea is how can I teach the whole body to work together rather than getting that one area to be constantly overloaded. If people want to check out the programs or just have shoot questions or check out any of my free content on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube for a bit more longer form content, they could check that out. Thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And until next time, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode and remember to play big faster. 